Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. It's an Arsecast on a Monday and not an Arsecast Extra. In some ways, it's my fault because when I was arranging the Arsecast Extra guest presenters to cope with James's absence, I did so on the basis that he would be back today. Now, technically speaking, he is back today, but he doesn't get to the UK until sometime this evening. And it's unfair, really, isn't it, to ask someone who's trying traveled all that distance to put the bags down and just do a podcast straight away. It's also a bit of a strange week with everything that's going on because we've got a game on Tuesday night, tomorrow night against Swansea. So if we did one in the morning, it would be out of date. And then there's transfer deadline day on Wednesday. And it's all just a bit kind of up in the air because aside from all that, there's stuff going on. There's the Obama-Yang thing. It looks like it's happening. It looks like we're going to sign Pierre-Emerick Obama-Yang from Borussia Dortmund for a club record fee. But what does that mean? Does that mean that Olivier Giroud is going to go to Chelsea? I hope not. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think there's any real way of justifying that from a sporting point of view. I mean, Giroud wants to play. Of course he does. It's a World Cup year. But Aubameyang, if he arrives, is cup-tied for the the Europa League. He can't play in the Europa League, which leaves us with just Alexandra Lacazette, of course, Danny Welbeck as well. But Giroud is a reliable goal scorer. And we should remember that the Europa League is a way back into the Champions League next season. We shouldn't do anything that really makes that a bit more difficult. But look, I'm getting off the point a bit here. The point was that we have an Arsecast today and we will have an Arsecast Extra at some point later in the week. I'm not sure exactly when. Wednesday or Thursday? I don't know. Should we do it before the transfer deadline or after the transfer deadline? Should we do one on Wednesday and do another one on Thursday? I don't know. We're going to play it by ear. But anyway, although we don't have an Arsecast Extra today, we still have somebody to talk to who I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to. There's a lot to talk about. There's Aubameyang, Mkhitaryan, there's the uh, Carabao Cup final, there's Alex Iwobi, there's Jack Wilshire, there's transfer business, there's stuff going on behind the scenes, and lots more. So I'm delighted to welcome back to the show, as always, the one and only Ian Wright. Ian, how are you? I'm not bad, Andrew. Um, I've, I've been better, but um, I'm not bad in, in the current climate. I don't know. I feel like a pinball at the moment with what's going on with our transfers and what's going on. Is it happening? Ain't it happening? Are we getting it? You know, it just feels a little bit like, can something just happen? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all a bit like that. We're all sort of refreshing and looking online to see what the latest bit of news and yeah. what have you is. But we look, we'll we'll touch on transfers in a moment. But uh, I suppose there's, there's a, a very positive development over the last week is that we've reached a cup final and that's exciting. Yes. I think that whatever, whatever happens and, you know, people kind of ridicule and belittle our FA Cup achievement, mm. and we know we know Andrew over the years with the Champions League and the, emer- the emergence of the Champions League and the way that the Premier League is is like the be all and end all for, for everybody. So for some reason, people don't have the same respect for the FA Cup. But to win it like what three four t- three four times, it's, it's 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 an unbelievable achievement, and people belittle that. So I don't know what they're going to say about us getting to the Carabao Cup. But the fact is, we're going to you know we're beating top teams to get there, like we did with the FA Cup. You know, we've beaten the Chelsea side. I'm sure people would have fought over the two legs we would have lost. Mm. And now we've got Manchester City in the final. And, you know, they could say whatever they want about the Carabao Cup, but to beat that opposition to, to, to get there and then to, to win it 
is always going to be something that I'm going to be very pleased that we do. Yeah, as a player, like, do you, that wouldn't occur to you. What, a, you know, the no. the stature of the competition, everybody knows where the no. Carabao Cup stands in the in the four trophies that you get to play yeah. for every yeah. season. But as a player, if you're in a cup final at Wembley, you don't think about that, right? You're just thinking about winning no, no, the no. game. That's what, that's, that's what you do, Andrew. You, you, you just want to win the game. It's an, it's an occasion, it's a prestigious occasion. You got your fans there, and, and let's face it, it was the first, it's the first trophy I won, mm. and it just set me on the road. We obviously we won that, then we won the FA Cup, um, then we went on to win the, the Cup Winners Cup, and you know you get you get that winning feeling, you know, and then in the, obviously you get the you know we ended up winning the the, the, the Premier League, which obviously is the, is is the, is the for me the mecca um, in the stretch of English football. So you, it got me on that getting used to winning things. So whatever happens as a player, you've got that in your in your cabinet. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. Winning something. I'm sure whatever anyone says, if Tottenham started off by just winning that, people can ridicule it as much as they like, but the players and the way it changes the players' mindsets, it's a whole different story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh you know, a trophy is a trophy at the end of the day. It's yeah. what fans want to see. Yeah. And look, you, you can rationalize it and you can say, OK, it's not the most prestigious trophy. But who who in the Arsenal end at Wembley when that final takes place is not going to jump up and down if we score goals and win that game? Exactly. And, you know, we, exactly. we do have a and good... It would be, it'd be, it would be presti- Andrew, it's, it's against Manchester City. Yeah. He doesn't put, out, he doesn't put weak teams out in, in hardly any game. So it's going to be a game that is, is gonna, it's not going to be like some pushover we've got some mugs who are in the final of the Carabao Cup because it sounds like, oh, it sounds like, I don't know, some kind of exotic coffee. Um, <laughs> you, know, it, 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 you know, it's still Manchester City that we've got to beat to win it. So whatever happens and whatever people think of it, you know, I, I'll be pleased if we can beat them. It's going to be a tough one, but, you know, that's what we do. We turn up in the finals at Wembley. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we have beaten City. We beat City on the way to the final uh, last season as well at Wembley. So yeah. a good record yeah. there. But look, the, the team that we put out maybe on that day won't be quite as different as as it might have been or as it might be for some of the Premier League games because Henrik mm-hmm. Mkhitaryan, for example, is is cup-tied for the, for the Carabao Cup and he won't be able to yeah. play there. So let me ask you about this. Um, Alexis Sanchez has gone to Manchester yeah. United. Arsenal have got Henrik Mkhitaryan in return. In terms of how the deal went down and the timing of it and the circumstances of it, you know, it's a January thing. Arsenal didn't really manage the situation as well as they could have. In in the circumstances, was Mkhitaryan um, in return for Sanchez going to United better than taking 20 million off Manchester City and seeing him go there for for the team? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, um, Andrew, simply because, yes, we, we had no choice in the fact that um, we've got our, our world, one of our world-class players who wants to leave. That is something that all the, all the shit that they should... Everything what they should have done, Andrew, in respect of getting money for that guy, um, is, you know, for a, a player that's... I know he's 29, but we're talking 70 million, at least, 75. Um, in the end, it's, it, it's, it so happens that we... We've fallen on our feet with it because we've got Enric Mkhitaryan out of a deal where if he did wait until the end of the season, we'd probably end up with nothing. Mm. And I think that's the fault. That's the, we have to look at it, how fortunate we are that we've actually got something out of a situation what has been managed from the start in respect of him running down his contract, not selling him last season when we could have got the money for him. Um, and, and now what we've done, we've, we've got into a situation where we've got Enric Mkhitaryan out of the deal. And let's face it, with Enric Mkhitaryan, somebody who is a top, top quality player, a really, really good midfield player, attacking midfield player, who so happens to not be uh, Jose Mourinho's cup of tea. Now, yeah. we see that that is not really something that you don't want on your CV. It's kind of something that if you can have on your CV <laughs> that you didn't get on with, with someone like Jose Mourinho and you went somewhere else, that is not going to stop people from wanting to take you because we know that he's made mistakes in the past. What we want, Andrew, is for Enric Mkhitaryan to come and just... You know, with the different atmosphere he'll have at Arsenal, it is, whatever anyone says, it is a relaxed atmosphere. For me, sometimes too relaxed yeah. in respects of our players um, are going to perform. But he will welcome that because I believe he's that kind of player. He's that kind of player that maybe he thrives in that kind of environment rather than that 
intense pressure of the players that he had wrapped around him, maybe at Manchester United, and the manager, um, you know, on top of it as well. So maybe, I think, as much as we know that Sanchez is an unbelievable performer when he plays, you know what I mean? I was really upset with him, watching him playing against Yeovil like his life depended on it. And, Mm. you know, we knew that he was going to leave and just give us something. You know, the fans... In the end, obviously, they knew he was going, but you can just see what the fans do. They're still singing Meza Ozil's name, and he's not signed yet. So that's something you've got to worry about. But going back to Mkhitaryan, I think that we have that board have fallen on their feet. You're looking at Midland Tap, we're looking at um, um, our man Gazidis, and, you know, they're making a very... I, I heard you say they're making a very public thing. That has to happen. Yeah. For Obama Yang. has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. They've got to make that happen. Um, and, you know, if we can do that with everything and the way it's kind of boiled down to us maybe losing, well, we've lost Sanchez, fingers crossed we don't lose Ozil, but we're still looking like we're going to get two better than, much, much better than average players. They yeah. might not be world-class yet, but, like, I think that Bamiyang, if he can hit that form, then we've got goals. And Mkhitaryan, if Ozil did leave... You know, you'd have to say that he's not somebody... He, of course, he's a little bit of a downgrade on Ozil when Ozil's doing stuff, but I don't think it's something that we have to say, this is a nightmare. Mm. The only thing I'm worried about with him is, is, is he going to be able to come and then perform for us? Because it's not really happened for him yet here. And I'm hoping that's simply because of Mourinho. Yeah, I think Mourinho's, you know, a little bit poisonous for certain players. It just doesn't work There's for them at all. There's not a little bit about it, Andrew. He's poisonous <laughs> for certain players. Okay. Poisonous to certain players. That's fine. And we've seen some of those players flourish when they go elsewhere. And you look at um, uh, Mohamed Salah, who was yep. at Chelsea. Kevin De Bruyne, of course, was at Chelsea yep. as well. There, there have been others down the years who have, once <laughs> yeah. they've been freed from the poisonous yoke of, of Mourinho, have come good. So fingers crossed. Yeah, but, but he, yeah, but we can't ignore even Lukaku. He got he got him out for whatever reason. And, mm. and then he bought him back yeah. for 70 odd million pounds. You know, he, 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 it's not something that I think he worries about too much, Mourinho, because all he wants to do is win. Yeah. Whether it's ugly, whether it's beautiful, he just wants to win. And so he doesn't care if he gets rid of Salah, who's arguably one of the player of the year this season. So get rid of De Bruyne, who's arguably going to be fighting Salah for the player of the year trophy. Two players that you could say would fit in literally any team in the world right yeah. now. Yeah, like you say, it's a good thing to have on your on your CV. Um, <laughs> but just going back to Alexis, um, yeah, I think you know. Obviously, when you hear about a player like him leaving, uh, and you look at what he's done for us, you know, I I, I never quite kind of got into the idea that when, when a player leaves, people immediately go, "Well, he wasn't that good. He wasn't this. He wasn't yeah. that." You know, and that's a self defense mechanism. We all understand yeah. that he was absolutely brilliant for us for three years. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and and we have, like you say, in some ways, landed on our feet with the Mkhitaryan thing because it gives us a good player in in uh, uh, to replace him. But you know, there are still questions to be asked about why it is that top players come to yeah. Arsenal and why it is that they consistently want to leave. It's yeah. you know, it, it seems obvious that for many of them, people can say it's money, and of course, money plays a part. But you know, when you're a footballer, I'm guessing that being able to achieve your sporting ambitions is all also a very big part of what yeah. what drives your career in certain directions. Yeah. And that seems to me to be the case with, with Sanchez. Well, I think that what's looking at some of the, um, some of the comments um, about Sanchez and some of the Arsenal fans, and you have to see, of course they're disappointed. Well, you know, he, he's a world-class player and he's leaving us. He doesn't want to be with us. Um, so to see them saying that he's greedy, he's a mercenary and this and that, we know, and you know, Andrew, in your heart, Alexis Sanchez is not leaving Arsenal for money. You know, he's in a situation, he's a top player right now, he's going to get a lot of money for going to a club like Manchester United because of the situation he finds himself in. It's not a mercenary move. He's not gone sideways to a team that can't cha- that are not challenging as well as we are challenging, mm. but he's gone there for more money than we're giving him. He's gone to a club with a manager, with a, with a, with a, a, a hierarchy that will give that manager whatever he needs to get whatever player he wants um, to, to make sure that they <clears throat> excuse me, are going to challenge. That is why, at the end of the day, with what happened with us, with whether it's Arsene Wenger, whether it's the board, and I believe that Arsene Wenger's got to take a lot of the, um, lot of the, f- the, the flack as well in respects of letting 
Sanchez get to that point because he should have built a team around him what's going to match Sanchez's ambitions. That's what you do. Mm. That's how you keep a player like that. You get players around him. Yes, we've got Messi, but if you're going to be totally honest, there's players like around him and that where you can see that he has, he's just totally got no respect for them or their... And that was happening. He wasn't getting the players that were coming in alongside him that's going to enable him to win the Premier League in his eyes, win the Champions League in his eyes. And that is why you saw him get so upset and so angry with the players. It's something that, on a different scale, you see Ronaldo do at Real Madrid, but he's still got top players, but he's even better than the top players. And you can see how frustrated he got with certain players around him. Mm. I think that that's what happened with Sanchez. And in the end, we had a player that he dies for the cause. His natural game, like Tevez, like Suarez, their natural game is to play as hard as they can. And to see him clock off like he did uh, for us in the last few games, you know, I mean, scored goals because it was better for him when he scored the goals. He knew he was leaving. To see him clock off like that and see him running around like his life depended on it to win against Yeovil, with all due respect, was very, very hard for me to take. It was hard for me to take him leaving in the first place, but I'd like to have seen him do that for us until he left. Coutinho, professionalism, do the right thing. Mm. But like he didn't do that. In the end, like I said, I had to do the game where he was for uh, Man United and watched him. And, you know, there's flashes where you think to yourself, he's going to be brilliant for them. That's hard to do. That's hard to take because I can see that he is going to be good for them because he will give them the X factor. But at the same time, it has to go back for me to the boss and the board have got to take a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, blame mm. in respects of letting players like that get down to what they're doing. I think that Mislintat and Senelai, however you pronounce his name, I think that that's going to be a good thing for us. I think they're now putting into place, Andrew, what's going to happen. Because Arsene Wenger, I don't believe, if he's, if, even if he stays after this year, what's happening now underneath him is, I don't think he's in, he's in control of that. Gazidis is now gone, right, you're for two years okay we're going to have to save you but you are going to take what you get from us mm. from Mislintat from Sanlai so you do your stuff you do your your parade your, this season next season that's it you're going to be gone and then the next manager will have a whole different um, palette to work from yeah. you know a whole different you know to start to do what he needs to do for us and I think that the sooner that day comes Andrew the better I just want us to to draw a line at some stage under what, 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 um, Arsene Wenger. I don't think he's going to leave this time, uh, this, at the end of this season, Andrew. I think it'll probably be at the end of the, the contract because if he doesn't, then I don't know what to say. I <laughs> simply don't know what to say no. if he doesn't leave after these two years yeah. because of what's going on. And I know that he won't be happy sure. with the fact that there's other people after all these years, Andrew, that he is now, he hasn't got the reins no more. He has not got the reins. I do not think that's a bad thing. I think that we've got to be patient for this season and the next season. And then I think the new Arsenal will start, um, unfortunately for Arsene Wenger, when, he, when he's gone. Well, yeah, it's certainly an interesting development, isn't it? And yeah. um, it is a, a real change in the way things have operated down the years. But just going back to what you were saying about building a team around a key player like Alexis Sanchez, yeah. is, is that why when someone like him goes... You have to, in some ways, make a statement about what you do to replace him. Like in the circumstances, yeah. Mkhitaryan for Sanchez, it was the best of a of a bad situation, and we, you know, we did well enough out of that. But in order mm-hmm. to convince the players at the club that this is a club that's serious, that's got ambition, that wants to win things, it's why the signing of Obama Yang for me is is so important because it sends another yeah. message. He's a star player. I know he's um you know he's he's scored 141 goals in 212 games for Dortmund. It's an amazing record. People can talk about well it's you know maybe it's just the Bundesliga, which I don't really get because you know, nobody questions Lewandowski when he scores all those goals. Exactly. You know exactly. uh, but it, it says something, doesn't it to the rest of the players it says look here we are we've let that we've let Sanchez go yeah. maybe circumstances weren't ideal but here's a top yeah. player to come in and to really make us better up front and for for players like Mesut Ozil even Aaron Ramsey yeah. who you're looking to uh, commit their futures to the club yeah. they have to feel that as well as the fans right yeah. well that's what you know when they say you need to can you imagine if you if you bring someone in that's 
kind of a bit of a damp squib in respects of a of a signing. It mm. actually deflates the so-called Aaron Ramsey's, Mesut Ozil's. All these players that you're looking to say, listen, man, we've just lost a player that when it's not going well for us, he wins games for us. He does something out of the blue. We need that somewhere else. Where are we getting it from? Now, if you're going to get someone like Aubameyang who can take half a chance out of a quarter of a chance with the, with the ammunition that we can provide for him, Mkhitaryan, Ozil, then you're thinking to yourself, hey, it doesn't seem that bad because that's how it feels right now, Andrew. Mm. It doesn't feel that bad even though we've lost a player of that calibre. You know, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is a disaster. When it first started to happen, my first thoughts on losing Sanchez, um, if I was in the dressing room, was, oh, man, this guy, I want, what, the first thing that probably the guys would have said is, I want to find out from my agent what's going on here. Mm. I want to say if everyone's leaving here. And then how do you attract players to the club if you're, you've got players like that leaving? If you've got players like that leaving, it doesn't send a good message to players who you think who wants to come here. Now, we might be getting someone like Aubameyang because a couple of years ago, he was hot. He was on fire. Real Madrid, we know that he wanted to go there. Everybody was... Man United, all of them were linked with him. And then that went really cold. OK, we're getting him now. And it seems like, OK, there's not too much... Um, not too many, I should say, other teams who are trying to outbid us for him. I actually don't care because I believe with the midfielders we've got and fingers crossed we could keep Mezu. I'm still not convinced of that. Then you've got a striker who can score goals. But going back to the players, the players themselves will see Aubameyang coming in, see Mkhitaryan, and plus the way Sanchez was acting towards the end. It will almost be a, a, a weight lifted off their shoulders like, oh, he's gone, brilliant. And yeah. then Mkhitaryan comes in, and I'm heard from Boldy, he is absolutely flying in training, Andrew. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He must be absolutely like, oh, God, this is amazing. Oh, my God, I don't feel no pressure. This is brilliant. <laughs> so he's absolutely flying in training. So the guys will see that in training and think, yeah, we've got a player here. Then if Amiang comes through the door, all of a sudden they've got rid of a bit of a bad egg and they've got two guys in who have got something to prove. So the players, and this is what I'm hoping with Mezu, we know Mezu can go on to bigger, better things and he's in the stage of his life and contract where he can earn, like he's seen Sanchez do, a fortune for running it down. If I was Arsenal, I would match anything that anybody came in with, whether it's United or any... I would, if they say, well, mm. we're going to give you 30 million and we're going to give you 300,000 pounds 300, uh, a week, I'll say to Mezu, we will give you the same yeah. and we are going to sign players. We'll give you exactly the same as they're going to give you and we'll sign players. I guarantee you that. And if we don't sign them, we'll put cl a clause in the contract What says, didn't happen, that didn't happen, you can move whenever you like. We want you here. Because yeah. at the end of the day, Andrew, we need to start to make people understand, yes, some players have left for whatever reason. Van Persie, Siri left when he left, for, and, 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 you know, we've seen now Sanchez leave. The fact is, we've got to start making people know, okay, we're going to pay them the money, and we are going to go to people and say, you need to come here, because we are getting back to where we should be. Players like us, why do you think players like us stay? We can pay them. Yeah. We need players like you to come in, to go with him, to show people that, okay, we might have fallen off a little bit, but we are coming back with a vengeance as well. Yeah. That's what we need to do to Mezzi. And that's why people like Mezzi will look at these two players coming in and say, you know something, that's not too bad. I don't mind that. Aaron Ramsey will be saying, yeah, because they will be training with Mkhitaryan and seeing, hang on a minute, he's bloody good. Yeah. This is not bad, this is really good. And that's what we need to do. We need to, at some stage... Get to draw that line, Andrew, and say, right, OK, Arsenal, let's get back together. We need a goalkeeper, Andrew. We need to start looking about a top goal, I'm so totally honest. Well, you know... I'm not, saying that he, I'm not saying he's throwing them in at the moment, but if we're going to do what we're doing and we want to make people like Messi, we need to make decisions where top players are saying, jeez, wow, they're not, they're not playing around. That needs to happen. These things need to happen. People need to be moved out of the club where it feels like, whoa, just punch them straight in the nose. Look at the blood. Yeah. That's got to start happening. So as people around the club and the players will start seeing, 
there's something happening there. This is serious stuff now. Yeah. I, I feel, yeah, it, that's what needs to happen. It has happened to an extent, hasn't it, this month? Because, yeah. you know, Theo Walcott is gone to Everton. Francis Coquelin has gone mm. to uh, to Valencia. And, and you would say for both of those players, those are, are pretty good moves for them at this stage of their careers that have gone Great stale move. for them at Arsenal. And maybe it is a sign that things are beginning to, to be I, replenished I, and refreshed. What, yeah, but Andrew, it doesn't make me feel one percent confident is he that maybe um, Olivier Giroud is linked with Chelsea yeah um, I don't think that if we do get Aubameyang and we've still got Lacazette there who unfortunately for him he just looks like somebody at the moment that is happening for um, but we can't surely or get rid of someone like Olivier Giroud especially to Chelsea because if he's good enough to hang around and be Chelsea's number two or whatever, then he should stay with us. Yeah, I agree. He should be good enough to stay stay with us. So that wouldn't make me happy. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that over the years he's thrilled me with some of his stuff. For a big man, I didn't like the way he gets knocked about so much. He falls. But the fact is, he scores goals, Andrew. Yeah. And if he's good enough for Chelsea's bench, I believe that we should keep him for our bench. Yeah. Chelsea want him. So that worries me. But there's other people. You know, I think that people like... I don't know, Danny, Danny Welbeck is somebody that they should start looking about what we're getting. What's, what we're getting now. Mm. Let's be ruthless. You know what I mean? And I use that name, you know, to a certain extent. Even, I know Aaron Ramsey, you know, but players like that. We've got to start looking. Awobi. Awobi needs to now, for me, he needs to start thinking about getting to that next level of, 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 of producing. And he needs to be put under the pressure to do that. I want you know, to ask you about yeah. him actually, just because obviously there was the thing a couple of weeks ago that you know he was up late and he was out you know a couple of a couple yeah. of nights before a game, and look you know yeah. I, as a young player and I'm sure you've experienced it uh, you know in dressing rooms in the past you know a young player you you get to a certain point and you know maybe not life becomes easy but you can maybe take things for granted. Have you been yeah. a little bit encouraged at least by the reaction from him since that incident? I, the, the manager, go on. Sorry, Andrew, finish. Well, I was just going to say, the manager had two choices, didn't he? He could either drop yeah. him and make a real example of him, or he could leave him in the team, still discipline him and say, look, you owe me. And I think to a, yeah. an extent, we've got that from him. It's worked. Because when it happened, I, actually, my reaction, especially when you think of Arsenal and the way the dressing room is, and there does seem to be no seniority in respect of putting people in their place. When it happened, and he, he played and played again, I, my first reaction was he should have been left out. Make people realize that you can't do that. The fact that he's the fact that he has played and let's, there, there has been a little bit of an upsurge in his game. He does look a little intensified, to be totally honest. And Arsene Wenger's, you know, he, he's not the guy. He's not going to be the stick. He's going to he's going to he's going to put the arm around. He's going to love you. He has he has given them too much love. For me, for a, for a young player who's just breaking into the team, I don't know if he's had 50 appearances yet. To the, 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 like before the games, caught going out, breaking curfew, whatever it is, shows that he's not afraid of something. There's something he should be afraid of mm. that he's not. Right? That's that was the worry for me. Now I thought that Arsene Wenger should have left him out and made an example for the youngsters that's coming, Maitland Niles, Reese Nelson, all those players, Willock, all those players who are coming through. They'll look at that and say, well, he's done that, and he still, he still actually played. So what I'm thinking is, is that Arsene Wenger, again, has done something that, yes, it's made buck the trend with other people and even with me because I would have left him out, but he seems to have responded to it. He's playing well, but I want to see him play even better because I think he's got more. He's got pace and strength and skill. And we've seen that he can score goals. He can get forward and score goals. He should be now, somebody should be driving it into him after every game, watch the game. What did you contribute? What mm. could you have done there? What could you have done here? We've seen over the years, and I've heard on one of the podcasts, Andrew, and you were totally right. There's players that we've had that are good players that have not moved on. I do not want to see that happen to someone like Alex Awobi, Maitland-Niles. Jack Willock, if he comes through, mm. you know, Reese Nelson, you know, Eddie and Cater. You don't want to see it happen with them. You want them to be saying, right, you come here. This is what happened in this game. What could you have done better? Maybe look at him making that run there. You pass that to him there, then you can run around here. You get it back here. You're coaching them. Mm. That is what I believe 
should be happening with someone like Alex Iwobi. I heard, like, but Boldy wanted to do some training with certain people, but they, Arsene Wenger and Burrow, they don't want, it has to be to time, they don't want them doing extra training. And this is where you go to the next level, because if you just do it and play like Alex is playing, you don't actually get to, right, this is where I take you to the side and say to you, this is how you play, and that's fine, we're not going to knock any of your edges off, we're just going to make you realise we want you to play like this, but we want you to up, up your intensity and be and play like this. Mm. Is he on? Can I pass it to him? Can I make sure that my passing's accurate? Can I make sure that when I get into that last third, like Ozil, like Sanchez, get into the last third, will I pick the right pass? Will fans say, oh, brilliant, when Alex Iwobi's running, the fans get up because they know that something's going to happen. Like when Ozil is running towards the last third with players running in front of him and defenders backtracking, you know that he's going to pick the right pass. Now, I'm not saying Iwobi can get to his level in respect of doing that because Ozil's got that naturally. He's world-class, mm. but he can learn from that and make sure that he chooses the right options. And the way you do that, Andrew, is showing him in, on a regular basis. Watch what Ozil does. Watch what you do. This is what you can do with your ability. And let's face it, he's got a lot of ability. Sure. And that is what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen with him, Andrew. What? And I, I, you know what? If I was a coach in there, I would love to do that. Just Whoa. take him to the side. To watch him develop. What's the manager's objection to to that kind of instruction when it comes to a it young player? Because like, I know I know he likes players to, um, to in some ways to work things out for themselves. But you know yeah. that's fine when you're 26 and 27 and you're Dennis Bergkamp and you're a genius, yeah. right? But yeah, and, yeah. and look, Dennis Bergkamp uh, and we've read the stories uh, was somebody who did extra training all the time, even all the time, at, all, all the, the time. time. You know, um, and he was just peerless almost, you know, in terms of what he could do and the way he saw the game. But even he did that extra training. So it's very strange, isn't it, to think that the manager doesn't yeah. want that the uh, young players to it's, do it's, that. It's, 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 it's not even, it's baffling. Because when you're a young player, you're coming in and you get into the team off of what you've come through, the academy or the youth team. And then you get to, right, I'm here now. Now I'm at this level. Now I'm in the first team. I'm going to go again because I need to learn. You look at Theo um, and you look at the Ox, uh, two of unbelievable potential, um, and you see Theo, when he left us, he just looked like an older Theo. He'd done this, literally the same things. The Ox, he was in and out all the time. He was in and out in respects of his form. You know, he, 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 we didn't see any change in, oh, he's doing this differently, oh, he's doing that differently. Like, have you seen the, the, the massive change in someone like Sterling? There's a massive change yeah. in him getting into the box, in him from, from outside to inside, the way he moves off of what other players are doing. There's a massive change in the way he's being coached. This is what you need. And, like, Arsene Wenger was all about timing. Timing every session, and that is it, because you don't want to do too much because you're going to start getting injured. But then what happens is, is that if you're a young player, all you're doing is playing football, and if you haven't got the older, experienced players in the dressing room to say, well, you need to do this and you need to do that, like, like Boldy and Tony and Dicko and Nigel, all these people who will help a young player when you come in and say, no, 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 stay five, five yards this way. Now you can go. Mm. Come inside five yards. If you, I don't know if we've got that at Arsenal because you don't see a lot of that happening while people are on the pitch. And when you watch the game, you don't see it happening. Yeah. We've got great players, but you don't see them saying, whoa, 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 where are you going? No, no, no. Come back and go five yards inside. Do that. You know, we don't see that because Arsene Wenger doesn't encourage that. And if you're a young player and you're not getting that, then you will continue to do, um, play the game you play and make the mistakes you make and you will continually make those mistakes. It's why, it's why they hit a wall, isn't it? It's why they get to a point and they don't get any yeah. further. And then all of a sudden, Andrew, they, they think they want to play better, but they can't because they, they're not learning anything more. Mm. They don't know how to get better, so they will make the same mistakes. The fans will then say, oh, God, look at him. He's giving it away again. Oh, they look, then you lose patience with them because when you see something, you say, oh, he was doing When he first got in the team, he was doing that. He's still doing it. Mm. That, that's when the fans should say, hang on a minute, is that his fault or is that the coaching staff's fault? Yeah. So this is the problem. This is the problem we have, and I don't think that that would happen anywhere else. You know, as much as it, it pains me, I'm looking at the Ox. I was watching him against <laughs> Manchester City, and his intensity and his passing and his confidence was it was brilliant. Now we saw him doing this at Arsenal, 
but then we see him drop off drastically. Or we see him get taken off when he's playing well. Didn't have time to build momentum and continue to learn what he's doing. Mm. That is what will happen when a player gets confidence and he gets coached. We've got players now, Andrew, that if they get coached, Maitland-Niles, I'd love to see him at some stage in and around the midfield with his ability and his calmness. Yeah. Love to see that. I'd love to see someone, someone like him bursting in instead of playing him at left-back. What has happened to Colosino? Has he, has he done something wrong? Beats me. I don't know. You know. It's ridiculous to see a young player like, yes, Andrew, two games. Yeah, play him there. But then play him in his position so that he can be confident in his position and then he can say, blimey, I, I could deal with this Premier League. I could do this. I've done it at left back. I'm doing it, now I'm doing it in my position. Now I'm going to stake a claim for my position. Yeah. You know, but like to continue playing him, then leaving him, you know, it's, I'm, it's baffling that, that the players are not being coached like that. And Tony Adams said it years ago, got slaughtered for it. Now everybody's realising. Mm. Everybody's realising. And that's just the, the way Arsene Wenger is. He buys players and puts players in the first team and believes they have to learn on the job. Doesn't happen with some people. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let me ask you a couple of quick things, just just to finish no off very quickly. Um, Jack Wilshire, uh, I have to say there were times where I, you know, I had doubts as to whether Jack would ever make it back, and I didn't necessarily yeah. think the loan move to Bo- to Bournemouth was a great idea. But uh, you know, he's been called upon, he's been counted on, and he's stepped up, hasn't he? But he's another oh. one whose whose contract is in a precarious situation. It seems as if they yeah. want to give him some uh, a deal, which uh, in some ways takes but- into account the fitness issues that he has. On one hand, that's kind of understandable, but yeah. as a player, would that affect your thinking? Do you would you feel less uh, valued by a club if they said, "Look, we really want you to stay, but you've had these injuries, and you can't deny the injuries." But if someone else comes along and says, "We don't give a shit about your injuries. Here's another fifty grand a week and yeah. a long contract," what, what do you do? Well, the thing about for me with Jack and the way he's played, um, he's been, he's been fantastic in our midfield. Um, if I'm going to be totally honest, Jack plays how he plays, Andrew. He tries to get the ball. He tries to pass the ball into areas. He tries to run with the ball into areas where he's going to hurt the opposition. And when we look at Jack's injury and over the years, it's always impact. He's, you know what I mean? He's bang. He's had a bang. Or, you know what I mean? He's crashed into something. Mm. Yes, people say, well, yeah, he needs to stop going into those, those kind of challenges. Even the one what he got when they blasted the ball on his ankle. You know, that's, that, those are like... You know, you can't really legislate for those things. He's not like running all along, running along and then, oh, he's got to pull up, oh, he's thigh. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's hamstring. Jack gets impact muscle injuries. So that says to me, if we can ease down the fact that, okay, Jack, you are not going to blast into that challenge or you are letting the ball go. or some, We can't legislate for someone hacking him down. But the fact is, in the recent games and since he's been in the team, he doesn't even look like somebody. I'm not worried about him when he goes down now mm. in a challenge. And you know what I mean? Because... He looks like he's played kind of through that. He looks like he's played through that kind of that kind of um, confidence where oh, I'm going to get injured going into the game. He doesn't look like that person. He looks like somebody that yeah, I'm ready to play. Now I ain't got a problem with Arsenal saying, "Well, we're going to pay you this, or we're going to pay you that, or we're going to put this kind of like restraint on the contract, or we're going to put this stipulation in." For me, Jack should say, um, 
Okay, I'll do that. But then what should happen is, if I play and I play continually and I don't get injured for the whole time, this whole season in respect of an injury that is a... Like, I don't know where he's breaking down on, at the rate he was breaking down. Let's mm. say if he gets one injury every three months or four months and it's a little one for, out for two, three weeks, that's fine. But we're talking about the injuries that are capable of leaving him out for 18 months and stuff like that. Yeah. If he doesn't get any injury that's going to keep him out for a certain period of time, then he should then get recompensed for that. Yeah. Now, there's ways of doing the contract because if you ask me, he's better. Like, he's, he, Jack has still got to do it for me, Andrew. You know, he's somebody that I'm, I'm, you know, Jack should be playing for me in front of Xhaka because I don't actually know what Xhaka brings. I'm not sure what he, what he does in the midfield for the team. I know what Jack does. He can break up play and he'll get the ball forward. He'll go and join play. He can link up, do one-twos on the edge of the box. He can do everything. If Xhaka's not got time and space to launch his Hollywood ball across the field, where by the time it gets there, people are normally marked him anyway, and he's, 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 sometimes he gives the ball away too much for me, for somebody who's got so much time on the ball. I don't know what Xhaka does yet. Mm. He's still annoying for me. And there's Arsenal fans that I say, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I, I don't get it yet. You know, I, I would probably, you know, with the way it's going, I would still, let me have a go with Maitland-Niles in there. I know that he's, he's, a, he's, he's a midfielder. If you could try Maitland-Niles at left back, you can try him at holding midfielder. Yeah, I agree. Do, do we need, do we honestly need that person who's going to knock the ball 40 yards across the pitch for somebody who's going to, by the time it gets there, is, is, is faced up by two people. You might as well have Jack in there with some legs around him. You know, two people in there with legs. You know what, El Nenny. I've always liked El Nenny. I, I don't mind him. You know, El Nenny and, and, and Jack and, and Maitland, legs like that with Jack in there with Ursula in front, maybe Mikatarin. We've got then, we've now got something where, okay, we are attacking. And this is why probably I'm not a coach, because I don't <laughs> think about the defensive side of it, Andrew. I'm thinking about pace, legs, and can we, can we stop them on a break? Now, if we've got El Nenny and you can show Maitland-Niles, listen, in this instance, if Jack goes, then you stay here so that if we get a break, that doesn't seem like a lot of hard work to me. Now, somebody's got to tell me, nah, righty, you're talking bollocks because da da da. Then I'll say, okay, I get it. But I can't see how... Xhaka continues to make the team when there's players for me with with better with better engines, mm. with better distribution that could do a job. Now going back to Jack, I believe that we should sign him up because he is somebody that if Chelsea could take drink water, they could take Jack because he's a better player. He's still somebody that someone would say, I'm gonna take him because we can afford to pay him that money. You know what I mean? He might not play as often, but if he comes in He's somebody, um, Andrew, who can make a difference to most midfields. He can make a difference to most midfields. All right, well, look, um, we'll have to let you go, but I know you just want to talk about the fact that you, you haven't been on Twitter for a little while. And you, you've taken yeah, a little break yeah. there after some, some interactions. There were some comments, I think, that people, perhaps foreign fans in particular, and I mean foreign fans, yeah. fans abroad, and, uh, of course, there are fans all over the world of Arsenal who are a little bit upset by yeah. what they perceived were comments <laughs> against them. But Yes, and I, you know what, Andrew? Um, and it was... It, it, it was something that, as a, as a, I can only totally understand how they felt. But the problem that I have with with the fans, and it's not just them fans, it's it's all of our fans, is that for some reason they they believe that you don't feel it as well. They feel that you don't get emotional as a former player, and it doesn't hurt you as well. Now, I I, I said something like, okay, here's another million mile away fan having a go. Excuse me, but I'm going to deal with the people in the trenches. And what I meant like that for us, okay, yes, you're far away. But I'm getting people on a daily basis coming to me, saying to me, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? And I put that out there. Now, Andrew, I, it's one of those where you, you do something and you regret doing that. Because even in my time while I was doing that, I was thinking, fuck it. I don't care. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, but when you, at leisure, Andrew, mm. I feel I don't want to upset Arsenal fans. We're all going through it together. You know, it was after the Man United game where we've done so well, but still lost. Yeah. You know? And so w- when I said that, I said it in a way where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off as well. Now, what I, what I wanted to say was, you know, you, I know that the fans, because they can't get across here, I know what they do. They get up at all sorts of times in the morning to drive a couple of hours to go and watch the game. And yes, 
I totally, totally respect that. You know what I mean? And this is why I wanted to make sure that it's on somewhere like, yeah, I apologise to them and make them know that I don't mean anything by that. I'm a very emotionally driven man. Everybody knows <laughs> about that. But for the world of Arsenal to come on and be so derogatory in their abuse to something that could have easily have been, you know, I've apologised many times on Twitter for... But I, I got so upset with, uh, I do not want to actually, um, like, interactive Arsenal fans on a social media, especially on Twitter. You know, especially on Twitter. I will not say anything else now. That, uh, that one there, and the way that Arsenal fans came, it upset me to such a point, I thought, I'm going to come off. And the reason why I'm going to come off is because I don't want to have to argue with Arsenal fans mm. and, 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 be, and, and say things that, you know, stays there forever and they, 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 they harbour it and fester it. And when we lose and I'm on the telly and I have to say stuff about Arsenal that might not be into their liking, then it just festers more and then they just tur- it turns into even more hate. The fact is, I don't want that. I don't want that. So at the end of the day, Andrew, I want to make sure that the Arsenal fans, especially the, our, our fans abroad, understand I'm so sorry for, that, for how that came, up, came about. But at the same time, I, you know, you, you, you can put that across in a way that doesn't have to be nasty. Sure. You know what I mean? You made me, you made me know that how, how disrespectful I was, and I've apologized for that. And I just want you to know that why do we have to be the ones that everybody laughs at? Why do I have to get stuff from other fans saying, I can't believe how they slaughtered you, and then fans saying, I can't believe how you slaughter your fans? We should not be like that. And I just don't, it just makes me very sad, Andrew. Yeah, it's a, it's a consequence of the modern world, isn't it? And social media in yeah, particular. Yeah, and there are, is, yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't think it's, I don't think it's restricted just to fans abroad. You know, it's part of football culture these days that if you say anything against a football club, there's going to be people who will have a go at you and have a pop at you and, and criticize. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think anybody who has listened to you for the last 40 minutes on here will know that everything you do and everything you say comes out of a place of real love and and respect for the club and, and by the club I mean everything that the club is it's not just uh, the stadium yeah. it's not just the players it's not just the manager it's not just the fans it's the fans all over the world everything that makes Arsenal Arsenal is is clearly what you love and that's Absolutely. why people love you as well man so thank you so much Andrew I really thank you I love, I love the Ars cast I love the I miss James I've got to say yeah he's is coming he back, back the, is, he's done and everything now, he, yeah? yeah he's back uh, this evening so we, we, we'll have one later in the week Tell him I was asking about him. I will, of course. And uh, look, thank you as ever for talking to me. I know everyone really loves listening to you and I appreciate your time a huge amount. Um, Ian, it's uh, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Can I just, can you just say, my wife's been here. Nance, can you say hello to Andrew, please? Can you say hello to Andrew? Andrew? Hi, Andrew. Andrew, my wife was making little noises in the background and I just wanted people to know that, you know what I mean? It was just my wife. That's fine. And look, you kept the swearing to a minimum this time as well, so that's good. No more swearing. That's another thing. That's another Another thing, Andrew, no more swearing. All right, Ian, thanks a million. God bless. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye, guys. There's not a lot I can add to any of that other than to say thank you again to Ian Wright for his time. It's always brilliant talking to him. And even if you don't agree with everything that he says, what you cannot deny is his passion for Arsenal Football Club and for his desire for it to do well and to succeed and to achieve things. And I think that's something that we all share. My thanks again to Ian. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. We will have an Arsecast Extra at some point later in the week. Not quite sure when it'll happen, but it will definitely happen. For today, I'm going to leave you with some music. Take it away, Mr. Bowie.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 